Welcome to Utilizing Tech, the podcast about emerging technology from Gestalt IT. This season of Utilizing Tech focuses on CXL, a new technology that promises to revolutionize enterprise computing. I'm your host, Stephen Foskett, organizer of Tech Field Day and publisher of Gestalt IT. Joining me today as my co-host is Nathan Bennett. Hey, Stephen. So Nathan, um, you and I have uh, spent a lot of time at Tech Field Day events and Cloud Field Day events and so on. And uh, you know, we talk about server architecture, uh, we talk about servers, we talk about sort of the shape of things to come. And I think one of the things that, that kind of kills me is the fact that increasingly servers, especially commercial servers, are pretty monolithic. Basically you buy from, I don't know, a three or four letter vendor and it comes in and that's basically what you've got for the rest of time. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. It's fun being the Kubernetes guy and here monolithic being used in a different term than application, but the analogy still fits. Something that is solid. It's one main thing. If you want another of those things, you add you another one of those things. If you want to modularize it or add another piece of it, you basically get a shaking head and they stay, well, probably not today. And then you have to go and buy a whole other thing. And even though you do have some options and some flexibility, um, it's sometimes, you know, those options aren't really a lot. Like, you know, there's a few different choices, you know, and, and you can put an add-in card in PCI Express, but that's basically what it is. And for me, that's one of the things that I'm most ex excited about with CXL. Uh, you know, number one, um, you know, we're going to have PCIe switches um, and lots and lots of expansion slots and lots of compatibility, hopefully. And that's why we decided to invite on somebody from the panel that we did at uh, OCP Summit as part of the CXL Forum, uh, Ryan Baxter from Micron. Welcome, Ryan. Hello, guys. Um, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, allowing me to, to join the party here. Uh, just a bit about myself. Uh, I head up the, uh, the data center segment um, at Micron Technology, also heavily involved in uh, driving the strategy for CXL for the company. We are uh, pretty excited about uh, about this this new interface. Um, you know, as Stephen had alluded to, really a a you know first of its kind, uh, an interface that uh, that really the industry has been uh, uh, really uh, you know dying to have for for several uh, several years now, perhaps decades. So, um, you know, we're we're pretty enthusiastic about where it's going to go, uh, the optionality it brings to customers. So, um, so happy to join. Thank thank you very much. So Ryan, a lot of people probably have heard of Micron. Uh, you know, you guys are inside a lot of servers, including the one that's sitting right yeah, over there. Um, I've got some, uh, I got some memory and, and so on. Um, but uh, I think one of the things that kind of strikes me is that, you know, Micron has a lot of different, different technology, mm -hmm. but, you know, you're kind of at the whim of the system vendors, right? I mean, the system vendor is the one who's going to be deciding whether to include you or yeah. not. And CXL, in a way, I mean, it kind of is a can opener, right? It breaks open the uh, the servers and gives the customer the ability to make more choices, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it really does. Uh, you know, it's one of those uh, those things where it's still standard, right? We're not we're not you know talking about completely getting away and and making something so proprietary and and you know extremely high performant for one use case. It's still a very much a a standard front side interface, but where the optionality comes into play is is what you do behind that interface. And that's really, really interesting to, to us and we're finding to our customers because it allows, um, you know, you, it allows a company like Micron to co-innovate with its customers where you're dialing in certain aspects of, of, you know, this technology and this other technology and 
and bringing them together to to really um, you know to drive a just right type of solution. Um, nothing more, nothing less. And and uh, you know contrast that to to very uh, deterministic types of interfaces. Um, you know like memory interfaces, which have you know served us very very well uh, for for some time now. But um, it really you know kind of you know, halts the innovation that you can do because it's because of the determinism associated with interface. You have to be, you know, very much, um, you know, in the the box that that's previously previously been prescribed. Whereas CXL, you know, it allows you to to really think outside that box in a pretty significant way. I really like that because at the end of the day, we, you know, describing the box, this monolithic thing that that we tend to be kind of locked into, becomes this problem that we. Nobody really likes, I, we, we deal with it. We kind of assume this is just the way things are. Whereas CXL is breaking the mold now. Now we get to see things differently in terms of where technology or where a bus has really led us to. I, I find the great way that you, that you phrased it there. Are you seeing from Micron, like the different, um, use cases and solutions where this can really fit in, in terms of, you know, outside of just the compute module, or are we seeing like kind of more in this, uh, stabilized area? Yeah, um, you know, we certainly are, are taking a, a pretty hard look at, uh, again, because of the flexibility the interfaces affords, uh, we're taking a look at differences in things like power consumption, you know, where um, I really love a particular capacity, but I want a better power profile, or we're looking at things like, um, you know, larger capacity or even non-binary capacities. Uh, you know, especially recently, cloud hyperscale customers have, have really dialed in their, their workloads and use cases. And frankly, we're down to the, you know, tenths of gigabytes per second or tenths of gigabytes in capacity in terms of the requirements. And, you know, that's certainly not something you can easily do in the standard memory interface. With CXL, you can do that, right? You can, you can dial in, you know, exactly, uh, exactly what customers are, are needing, whether it's capacity, whether it's bandwidth, and whether it's, um, you know, more than just memory expansion. You, you can actually... Uh, start to think about how you can use compute off of, uh, say, a Type One or a Type Two device in a CXL interface. So, um, again, it's it's uh, it, it really kind of you know blows the lid off of uh, off of our discussions. It's very very you know interesting to see where these things are going and and how much innovation can un can be unlocked just by virtue of the fact that this interface is now open and non deterministic. Yeah, and I think that um, that's actually really important. Is that it's not necessarily even about reconfiguration and composability and rack scale and all these things that we would love to see happen as much as it is right sizing. And so if you are a, if you're building out a server, you have to fill all four memory channels or else you have wasted performance. But how big do you put in there? And as you said, non-binary, um, that word means something different in system architecture than it does in other uh, realms. In system architecture, I think what you're talking about, and I'm pretty sure what you're talking about, is basically, do I put 32 gig, 64 gig, 128 gig, 256? Like, these are the dim, these are the dim sizes. And if I need, like, if I've decided that my server needs, like, I don't know, 728 gigs of RAM, it's really hard to hit that number without going way over and blowing up the bill of materials, you know? Right, or way under, right? Uh, so so the, 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 the sort of chunks of granularity that you have to work with are, are much, you know, 
are much less usable <laughs> in in the way of uh, standard you know standard DRAMs because as you said they're that you know the 3264 you know there is uh, some flexibility because there are 96 gigabyte DIMMs coming you know in DDR5 timeframe but you know still um, CXL it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's if it's 32 or 36 or 41 <laughs> gigabytes um, as long as the system architecture that's connected to it can use that uh, that amount of memory um, it uh, you know it's possible um, and it's it's just simply not possible with uh, with the standard DRAM footprint. Yeah. And, and, and the funny thing is, you know, people would say, well, that seems like a corner case, but it's not a corner case when you think that a terabyte of memory costs as much as like the rest of right. the server, you know? And so suddenly people are basically spending, I mean, the, I, again and again, we hear about this Microsoft Azure study where they showed that basically they were spending like 50% too much on their mm -hmm. servers, if I remember correctly, because they had to hit this water, high water mark or low water mark but they ended up having to equip servers with this much more just because that was the only way to right. get there. And it reminds me as well as some of the presentations we've had at Tech Field Day with some of the bigger um, bigger enterprises and hyperscalers where they've talked about the really fine graining that they do when, when configuring servers. And they match exactly how much CPU in terms of cores and gigahertz and, you know, as well as, you know, how much memory, how much storage, how much network bandwidth, all of these things, they try to match it and right size yeah. it. And I remember one of the companies telling us that they decided not to go with, I think at the time it was actually even 10 gig ethernet because they found that it would just blow up the entire bill of materials for the rest of the server in order to actually use all those channels. Right. And you know, these are the kind of questions that enterprise architects are making and cloud architects are making every day. And, and CXL, I think that this is the, the sort of short term power that it brings is that you can it gives you the ability to more carefully size systems, right? That's right. That's right. And um, you know what? What maybe some of us call a corner case um, at a particular you know customer that operates at significant scale, you know, could mean um, you know the difference of you know several hundred million dollars worth of cost savings um, to to them uh, when they deploy, you know, across their entire fleet of potentially millions of servers, um, you know, around the world, and so. So yeah, it it, uh, it very much uh, really depends on um, on exactly what that use case needs. Oftentimes, it's not exactly what the what the the non CXL enabled server can can provide. Um, you know, up till now, it's just sort of been the the situation where well, we'll just sort of overbuild or we'll build right up to the point where the where the use case or workload needs, and then we'll we'll over provision it just a little bit because we have to we have to we have to build for the surge cases. With CXL, it, it really starts to, to to change the equation at both the the server scale as well as the rack scale, and eventually, we believe the data center scale, um, where it uh, where it starts to really become um, a pressure release valve, for instance, uh, uh, around you know what you can do uh, when it when it comes to to dealing with um, you know system constraints and data center constraints. So um, yeah, we're we're pretty excited about where it's going. I like I like this discussion as a as a cloud person because we always talk about the decoupling of an application or a, a a framework. It's really about moving things from this box into you know this uh, magical land of APIs where things are just connected and happy. And this is really bringing us back into the box, but it's bringing us back into a box where it's still modular. And going uh, a little bit back to the point where you discuss power supplies. 
anybody that builds PCs understands that you can get two different types of power supplies. You can get a power supply that is non-modular or a power supply that is modular. And it comes with those specific areas and then, you know, the specific cables that you need in order to plug in specifically what you, what you need rather than having this big blob of spaghetti that you have to figure out how, what goes where and try to figure out all these different things. CXL gives us that wonderful modularity and the use cases that you mentioned are just to an extreme point, right? Because we live in this world of, I need this amount of CPU, but I need this amount of memory. And sometimes they don't really match. And so you have to, you know, play a strange game of Tetris that nobody wants to play. But you mentioned use cases. So where are you seeing the use cases for CXL and and where are we actually growing from this into the future? Yeah, uh, great question, Nathan. Uh, Really, the the first couple of use cases that we're seeing uh, have to do, and of course, everything with CXL has to at least hang together with some sort of a total cost of ownership argument. You wouldn't just go to CXL because it's available. (laughs) Customers typically leverage CXL because there's uh, some sort of cost optimization at the system platform or or data center level to be able to to realize. So one of those uh, first use cases is really looking at um, uh, very, very high capacity modules. And in DRAM, whenever you have to stack a module, which is typically indicative of the higher capacity modules today, that's, that's going to be your 128 gigabyte module uh, density and above. And a lot of customers do, um, you, you know, do purchase those types of, uh, types of solutions. Um, you get into a situation where you're extremely nonlinear when it comes to cost per bit and therefore very nonlinear in terms of the price you have to pay for that particular module. We believe CXL can, uh, you know, despite some of the performance deltas that you will see as a result of having to signal through a controller, there are some latency deltas there. But we believe that uh, despite that, um, there's real cost savings associated with moving your memory footprint, you know, away from that 3DS or TSV-based uh, solution, the very high, high, very expensive stack solution that's on the main memory footprint into some of, the, of, of that memory footprint residing off of CXL. And so what you're left with is a, is a main memory footprint that's, uh, that's cost effective and the CXL uh, bus um, essentially handling the, the, the spillover, if you will, or the footprint that you would otherwise have to, have to drive in that very high, you know, highly expensive stack configuration. We call that TSV mitigation or three silicon via uh, stack mitigation. So, so you're pushing your memory footprint to, to more cost optimized uh, pieces uh, or areas of the platform. So that's just one use case. Another use case uh, coming up pretty quickly actually is um, uh, when you run into a situation where, uh, you know, line rates, um, you, you can't move any faster or, or you, you go from, say, a DDR5 uh, speed grade to the next speed grade. Well, in order to do that, you have to reduce the number of, um, of RDIMs that you have in a single channel because of uh, signal integrity or loading issues. And so all else being equal overnight, you have to double the capacity of your of your uh, modules. And again, you're in that that very high capacity, very expensive situation uh, where you can you can leverage CXL as a really nice pressure release valve. Um, where you know when you're when you're into that uh, you know two DIM per channel situation, moving to a single DIM per channel situation, you can lean on CXL to to drive that memory capacity in conjunction with your main memory footprint so that you are not breaking the bank on on the server investment or the platform investment you're making 
when it comes to memory. So, so those are two use cases. There are um, a, a number of others. You know, Stephen uh, mentioned uh, pooling as an interesting use case, and it, it very much is, is top of mind um, at a number of our customers where they're looking at, um, at leveraging a smaller footprint uh, as a baseline footprint for, for a memory uh, subsystem in a server, but where that server in a, in a surge capacity situation uh, borrows some memory from the, from the quote-unquote CXL pool and returns it when it's done. And so effectively what you're doing is you're increasing utilization of your, of your memory um, and, and therefore uh, increasing the, the ROI of the, of the investment you made in your memory subsystem. So, so those are three use cases we're, we're tracking uh, very, very closely. And, um, and again, they're not uh, use cases that are you know, out in 2035 sometime. It's, it's, it's coming you know, really right around the corner. Uh, and and these, are, these are very, what we believe are existential problems for, for some customers. CXL is, is, uh, is a really, really nice um, way to deal with it. Yeah, it surprised me to see that this stuff isn't like science fiction, um, like memory pooling. And I think that that's kind of the next thing, next direction maybe we should take this is, you know, so we talked about right-sizing memory, um, but what about right-sizing if you only have temporary needs? And I think that that's sort of the the next question here. So let's say you've got a system that needs to do some kind of big, big job, um, end of quarter, end of week. Um, maybe you're doing ML training, and maybe you're doing you know some kind of big botch, you know kind of more batch processing task. And you know that this server is going to need a lot of memory. Or maybe you've got some servers that need a bunch of memory certain times and could give that memory up at other times. So that's another exciting area. Like maybe you know VDI systems where you know the memory goes unused all weekend or in the evenings or something, and it would be very cool to be able to kind of return that to the library, as it were, and let somebody else check out that right. book. And that I think is another really cool thing. I thought that that would be more far fetched, but after you know talking to companies at OCP Summit and the CXL Forum, there are a bunch of companies that are working to make that happen sooner rather than mm -hmm. later. And so I think that very surprisingly soon we're going to see. And again, we we don't know the exact timeline, but surprisingly soon, given the fact that there are multiple companies working on chips that would enable this, we're going to see a rack of memory that is shared by all the servers in the rack. And then any of those servers that needs some memory can kind of check out a huge scoop of memory, yeah. use that for whatever it needs to use it for for a while, and then return it for the others to use. And I think that that's a really exciting thing, not just because it allows companies to be more, um, uh, I don't know, careful, you know, right-sizing memory and not buying as much, but actually quite the opposite. I think that it means that suddenly having this pool of memory will open up new compute possibilities yeah. and people will say, well, you know, if I'm not, you know, spending, you know, crazy money because I can share this memory with other applications, what can I do with that mm -hmm. memory? What would it enable to be able to have just a huge amount of memory temporarily for this task? And I think that's exciting. And maybe that's what Micron is looking because, I mean, I imagine you guys are probably not hoping that people will spend less money on huh. memory. Now, well, you know, it's uh, pooling is, uh, you know, on paper, it's um, it's it's fascinating. It's it's very interesting from a from a memory memory utilization perspective, but it's like every other engineering problem. Um, there's a there's a there's a trade off associated with it, and and um, you need to to make sure that uh, because you're you're now connecting potentially multiple nodes to a particular memory pool, you need to make sure that that memory pool is is uh, is robust. Um, 
perhaps more robust than your standard memory footprint because if you know as 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 time moves on you know scaling challenges are are impacting everybody um there are um you know memory errors that will will likely uh come up and we need to be able to to deal with those in a in a rational manner and and not have you know not take a, a, a you know a handful of nodes down with it so thinking about um how the what we call blast radius of of a particular memory fail or a particular um, you know, issue in the memory subsystem, how it's handled, how it's, um, you know, uh, ma making sure that there are backups to, um, you know, to, to the way it plays out if and when it does, um, because, you know, the business we're in is, is, is really difficult. We're, we're being asked to scale year on year on year and, and, you know, we're running right up into to the to sort of limits of physics, uh, if you will. In some cases, uh, it's those, you know, atomic phenomena uh, that are, you know, outside of our control that, that end up, uh, you know, driving some unexpected uh, outcomes in the memory subsystem. So, you know, it's up to companies uh, like Micron to make sure that if um, and when that, that pooling application does start to, you know, really, you know, see a significant uh, pull for demand that, uh, that we make even more robust memory subsystems that can, you know, that can uh, support that particular use case. Um, you know, to your point, Stephen, uh, we believe CXL does absolutely uh, drive um, innovation in, you know, what we're calling, uh, you know, business outcomes. Um, you know, it, it really does uh, provide a better um, system configuration at a lower price point, we believe. Um, and what that, you know, eventually does is, is it starts to, you know, to, to really um, interplay with the elasticity associated with uh, with new you know new businesses that that can only be uh, can only be done at a, at a particular price point or a particular cost point, if CXL provides that cost point at a much um, much more attractive and, and tenable uh, cost point, then I think it does uh, start to you know start to drive business processes and and, and new business opportunities that just didn't exist um, unless you had access to tens of millions of dollars worth of investment to buy a very, very large system. So um, in, in a lot of ways, I think there's uh, CXL drives a lot of um, very interesting outcomes when it comes to, um, you know, business in general. Uh, and it's, it's uh, driven by the fact that uh, technology supports, supports these outcomes. Um, you know, again, uh, these, these memory subsystems as currently designed um, just wouldn't ever be able to do that. Uh, and, and the way CXL provides that, that uh, release valve is, uh, you know, that's what's interesting about it. We live in this world where things tend to be a little bit delicate. They need to stay where they are connected. Mm -hmm. And you don't really want to jostle them, move them, unplug them. Do you ever see, because you, you mentioned blast radius and I unfortunately was one of those guys that was in the data center one time and tripped on something that I thought was just something on the ground, but ended up being a wire or something. And then, you know, bad things happen. Do you, do you ever see this where like we could be, could we, could be something that could be easily like, I, I, I dread to use the term hot swappable, but I don't know of another term that I can use, but something that could be so highly available that you could literally unplug and plug something else in. Do you see it moving towards that direction? You know, it's, it's, it's a good question, Nathan. I, I think, um, you know, with uh, the advent of CXL 3.0 and, and what happens after that when it comes to peer-to-peer, you know, it sets up a situation where you may not necessarily need um, a, 
the CPU to be involved, uh, you know, in, in the way it's been involved um, up until now. And so uh, you can think about ways that, you know, you'd be able to provide failover um, through, um, you know, through non-CPU types of intervention. And uh, so can a, can a DRAM-based CXL um, a module be physically um, hot swappable, perhaps? What's probably more uh, more likely is that you can take out or you, you can remove a, a CXL, a DRAM-based CXL module, and that module or the information in that module is also stored somewhere else. So the failover has been established um, previously through um, through that peer-to-peer sharing, or you know, it need not be peer-to-peer, but but through the through the possibility that CXL uh, provides, so that you you know, in the event of of you know a, a Sort of a system failure or some some sort of an issue with a particular device, that uh, that you have a copy exact um, you know uh, aspect of that somewhere else in your data center, possibly somewhere else in the world, um, that uh, that you can kind of continue where you left off and 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 establish that sort of sort of failover in it from that perspective rather than just you know having a single point of failure uh, in the device itself. So. I absolutely think it's possible, and it's uh, it's interesting where these are these uh, these these ideas are going. This is exactly the kinds of conversations we're having with our customers today. Yeah, I think that that's really the the most interesting thing here is that by increasing the uh, flexibility of system design, the thing that I'm really looking forward to, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, is the sort of unexpected ways in which this will challenge the status mm-hmm. quo. Because frankly, I mean. I love uh, enterprise technology, but it's kind of it kind of worked its way kind of into a corner in terms of, you know, this is, you know, how this is how many cores are practical on a processor. This is how many processors are practical on a system. This is how much memory is practical on a system. This is how much expansion is practical. This is how much. And and, you know, we kind of get to this point. And then the whole world says, oh, well, then what we're going to do is we're going to put a higher level of software on that. And we're going to extract, you know, extrapolate a, sort of a, a software defined system. And then we're going to use a bunch of these things together. But what if we could change the fundamental things? What if we could really kind of re, rethink servers? And, and from, you know, CXL, it may seem like it's just enabling us to add, I don't know, some more memory or some more IO or something like that. But but it, it, it really does act sort of as a can opener. It kind of allows us to you know, think about, well, maybe the system doesn't have to look this way yeah. at all. Maybe the system can be very radically different. Right. And, and actually, Ryan, let me ask you, um, what do you, you know, kind of take off your practical hat. What do you think kind of best case, where could this go in an unexpected and interesting way? How could the things change based on this technology? Yeah. Uh... Wow, um, five, six, seven years down the road, uh, you know, perhaps as much as um, not thinking about modularity, I need to I need to add a little bit more compute or a little bit more, you know, capability to my to my server rack. The the the, the fact that the you know the CPU or the server itself doesn't become the the sort of you know order of granularity anymore. You know, it's it's I want to I want to add a little bit more compute and I don't necessarily need, need to add another server. <laughs> I can I can add a card. I can I, I need more memory. I don't have to add a dim. I can I can add a, a CXL module or I can connect a peer to peer, you know, sharing loop with uh, with this other server that 
that perhaps already has some memory in it or, you know, so I, I think the, 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 um, you know, the unit of upgradability, I think completely changes, uh, when it comes to adding more capability to the, to the data center. Um, and that's just at the hardware level, uh, you know, at the software level, as you, as you, um, alluded to that, that becomes even more interesting when it, when it, um, you know, you start to think about, uh, you know, provisioning, uh, you know, in certain, certain spaces, you know, memory defined or, or software defined memory, if you will, uh, which is really, um, you know, a lot of what a lot of customers are, are thinking about is the holy grail, if you will. So, um, so I think it, it really starts to start to change the way we think about um, how to bolt on performance uh, over time. Um, and it's not just a memory module or a CPU anymore. It's, it's a, you know, it's something in between. Uh, perhaps a, a CXL enabled module that, that has computed memory on board, um, you know, uh, for, for both aspects. So, you know, I, th I think the, the future is going to be very, very different um, uh, when it, uh, you know, when it comes to, to upgrading um, a particular capability. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that we heard about as well at the CXL forum was the idea that this isn't just for CPU, this is also for GPU yeah. or DPU yeah. or XPU, whatever you want to call it. Um, because a lot of those devices are going to be able to share memory and that the shared memory can enable, you know, parallelism like we haven't seen before and, and access to resources like we haven't seen before. And, uh, and one more thing that I'd like to ask you in particular, though, is that Micron is also involved in the world of storage. Right. Uh, how does CXL impact storage? Yeah, uh, so of course CXL um, wants to. It's a it's a high performance, uh, low latency, uh, you know, interface. So um, that that sort of naturally, uh, you know, engages your 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 mind toward thinking, okay, something like DRAM, but but it need not be the case. Um, you know, there are you know potential use cases out there that can, um, as long as the the you know the the cost optimization is there. Um, can leverage uh, media that's that's not you know necessarily DRAM that can be kind of more storage like potentially um, again back to the the peer to peer uh, aspects of of what's coming you know in certain uh, certain aspects of uh, specifications for CXL you, you know a uh, a node um, that that wants to interface uh, with uh, with something that would that would typically be a um, a memory, um, but but it it needs to to talk in the form of um, you know an object, and so objects are typically more storage oriented, but uh, with CXL they can they can be you know an object can be can be memory and, and sort of vice versa um, you know memory can can uh, or, or you know something like a NAND could could act like a uh, a potentially byte storable um, you know type of interface. So again, it's 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 uh, it's really the flexibility and the um, you know the the tunability, I guess, of the of the media that, put, that you put behind it. it. It just sort of whether it's storage or whether it's memory. I think the lines are going to get blurred there quite a bit, um, because the the presumption there is that if if you're willing to trade off a little bit of performance by by moving to more storage like media, there, you know, the possibilities are are kind of endless because you you no longer have to sort of abide by those uh, deterministic rules anymore. So, um, so I, I think there could be, um, you know, some interesting use cases that are not just, uh, you know, kind of DRAM high performance use cases, but, you know, could, uh, could, could uh, leverage uh, potentially, you know, different media that, uh, that offers some aspect of cost optimization, but do, doing so at a, you know, at a, uh, at a more attractive cost, uh, cost point. 
Yeah, I think everything that you're saying, Ryan, makes me really excited because we deal with these things in cloud. We deal with these things in virtualization, the idea of decoupling, the idea of taking something that has a bunch of resources and then divvying them out, like discussing this pooling strategy. You know, VMware has been doing this for a long time because it, it takes this pool of stuff and then it shares it between a whole bunch of other things. You know, I, I love that we, I can use stuff in things in multiple different contexts, but at the end of the day, that's what CXL is really doing. It's changing the specifics of what the stuff and things are and saying, you know what, we can do stuff and things differently and do it in a hardware space and do it in a way where we don't have to deal with quote unquote, the box anymore. Now it could be different perspectives. And so I really love that perspective and I'm, I'm really excited and from where we're going. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Um, it was great to have you on the um, panel session that we did at the uh, uh, CXL Forum at OCP Summit. And, uh, you know, it's great to kind of get your your perspective on this as a company, you know, as a person that's in the memory and, and storage business, as a company that's in the memory and storage business, uh, you know, that's the low-hanging fruit for CXL. Um, where can we continue this conversation, connect with you? And, uh, you know, where, where can people go to kind of learn more about what you think about this? Yeah, um, you know, I was, I was actually on that panel with, uh, with uh, a number of colleagues who I highly respect. Um, I would, uh, you know, I would direct uh, your focus to that particular, you know, tech field day panel discussion um, where you have the, you know, the opinions of other companies in the ecosystem um, as part of the OCP uh, CXL forum. Um, you know, I think there's a lot to learn uh, from from um, you know from other uh, aspects, other opinions of ecosystem players. So, so I would encourage you to uh, you know to um, you know consult that panel as well as um, you know go to micron.com. We're always uh, you know adding new uh, new and exciting uh, you know items on our uh, on our landing page, and uh, you know more to come for CXL. How about you, Nathan? Anything new? I'm working on some things. Uh, nothing has been released. I just released a, a blog on the DevOps mindset because I'm tired of people saying, hey, we use Terraform, we're DevOps, and uh, it not being the case at all. So yeah, I've got a couple of things out there. You can find them at nerdynate.life if you feel like uh, reading up on that. And as for me, um, I actually uh, did a keynote at the CXL Forum in New York, and we're going to be publishing that as a Gestalt IT checksum uh, editorial. So that'll probably be online by the time we release this episode. So just go to gestaltit.com for that. And uh, check out the show notes for this, and we'll include links to all of these things. And we would love your feedback as well. So please do uh, reach out to me, uh, Stephen Foskett at sfoskett on the social medias. I would love to hear from you. Um, also, uh, please do join Utilizing Tech, Utilizing CXL. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, uh, head over to your favorite podcast application, search for Utilizing Tech or Utilizing CXL and give us a subscription. We're available in most of them. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube slash Gestalt IT video uh, for the video version of this discussion. This podcast is brought to you by GestaltIT.com, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes, as I mentioned, and uh, more episodes, go to utilizingtech.com or find us on Twitter at Utilizing Tech. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>